Welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is June 2nd, 2016, and I am your host, William Hill, as usual. And I am your now graduated host of seminary, which is, uh, I got to tell you, I'm actually very happy about that. I, I guess I should be. Um, after four years in seminary, I should be happy that I'm finally graduated. But I am finally uh, through that, um, I don't know what the word is. I, I'm beyond that point in my life, and now the real work starts. And so, um, but anyway, um, it is June 2nd, <laughs> so we're past graduation. Uh, today we're going to be talking with um, Jeff Gleason. He's the pastor of Cliffwood Presbyterian Church in um Augusta, Georgia. Whew, that almost slipped my mind for a second. Yes, Augusta, Georgia. And we're going to be talking with him, as we do every year, about this time, about the evening of confessional concern and prayer that's held at the uh, PCA General Assembly that this year is going to be held in Mobile, Alabama. So we're going to get to Jeff in just a minute. I just want to bring everybody up to speed on what we're doing here at the podcast. Though I've graduated from the seminary, I've uh, I've agreed to continue to do the podcast for the seminary until I can't stand it any longer. That's a joke, by the way, um, for those who might not get my sense of humor. And so uh, look forward to other programming and, and other things as we've done for the last three, three and a half years on the program. So we'll continue to do those things. And if you have any suggestions or comments, you can write in at Confessing Our Hope at gpts.edu. Of course, there's the website, uh, confessingyourhope.com. There's the mobile app. You can get all that information at the website. So avail yourself of those resources. And of course, if you want to find out more about the seminary, it's gpts.edu. So that is what's happening uh, around here. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking with Jeff Gleason, the pastor of Cliffwood Presbyterian Church, PCA Congregation in Augusta, Georgia. And, and Jeff, it's great to have you on again to talk about this. And it's weird. I was telling you off air. Usually we do this and I have other people to like just sort of talk and I can just sit here and listen to you guys banter back and forth. But not this time. Not this time. You, all you got is me, Bill. And thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um the reason I was able to remember where you went to church, or where you went to church, where you're pastoring, and where you go there too, um, is because I served there in the military, and, and it almost slipped my mind, but then I remembered that terrible time in my life when I was stationed at Augusta, Georgia. Oh. <laughs> it's actually a long story. Someday I'll tell you about it. But, um, you know, it's, uh, anyway, it's good to have you on. And we've done this three times, and, and the purpose for doing this, just so the listeners know what we're doing, it's a little different program than we usually do, um, but we're doing it to help promote um, what the evening of confessional concern and prayer is and what it isn't, and that's an important thing um, to, to talk about. And so we do this every year to help get the word out and what some of the issues are and how things are going to be done. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us um, in summary um, what is the evening of confessional concern and prayer, and what isn't it? Well, okay, we'll, we'll start with a positive. Uh, thinking about the evening of confessional concern and prayer, it was something that uh, we started, like you said, three. This is our third time, and uh, Mel Duncan, a ruling elder at Second President Greenville, and Rick Phillips, senior minister there, and myself, we are trying to get together. Uh, to begin the General Assembly of the PCA in a spirit of prayer. Whenever you're going to have this kind of a, a discussion, you're going to end up talking about sides of the aisle. You're going to talk about left and right and, and progressive and conservative. But mm -hmm. thinking through, we are the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, people with different opinions than, than we have are, are well-intentioned. That's my belief. 
Uh, but there is also a real sense of, well, when you're thinking about the purpose of it, there's, there's multiple purposes for it. And one of them is the sense of encouragement that we can bring to some of our uh, conservative brothers. We are approaching the issues from uh, that are being brought to the General Assembly from a, a confessional perspective. Uh, hopefully we are, we're trying to, uh, to bring to bear the Word of God and conservative theological convictions to these different issues. And, uh, you know, some folks are in very conservative presbyteries, and, and they're not necessarily feeling discouraged or isolated. But some of our brothers are serving in, in, uh, in presbyteries where those views are, they're, they're a minority view in our denomination. And so they, uh, we're hoping that they, when they come to this event, will be encouraged in their convictions, that they will be uh, blessed by seeing other men in their denomination who have the same convictions or similar convictions, uh, so that's one reason to to bring encouragement to to some of these uh, these brothers. And then also, because we are one church, there's also a sense where where sometimes, and I think both both extremes and everybody in between in the PCA does this is it's easy to start making caricatures, or creating straw men of people who disagree with you. And so uh, this is not a it's not a closed event. It's not it's not uh, it's not another secret society within the PCA, but it's an opportunity for folks who might even not share the uh, conservative convictions that that, uh, that we would that we would hold for them to come and to hear what the actual issues are from our perspective. And I just think that helps. I think it helps uh, understand the I and mean, it's going to sound overdramatic, but it's going to it, it helps demonstrate the humanity of your of your opponent so to speak that it's mm-hmm. not just a it's not an opinion on a page it's not a blog post it's somebody who's there and usually when you're presenting in person it's easier to see the love for the Lord Jesus Christ that these presbyters have and uh, I just think uh, you know in, in so in that sense those are the positive contributions of the evening evening of confessional concern and prayer or that's our prayer for them anyways that's our hope uh, you can have issue uh, events like these that turn into uh, gripe sessions uh, where we try to think of everything under the sun that we don't like about whatever body we're a part of, in this particular case, the Presbyterian Church in America. Now, that's not the purpose. The purpose is uh, is not to, to pile on uh, and be disgruntled commissioners. The, the purpose is to to have a chance to sit down and think through some of these issues that are facing our denomination from a conservative perspective with a desire to build up the brothers, with a desire to create uh, unity. If God would bless that work, you know, we would be very, very delighted in that. And then and then have, that, of course, that, that time of prayer, which, which when, when you speak of the evening of confessional concern and prayer to the people who have participated, the people who have attended it, usually... Uh, the the most positive feedback that I get, personally, anyways, usually is is around the the time of prayer that we share together. Uh, you know, we 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 spend an hour praying together, uh, and uh, it's it's always been very edifying. And I think and, and I trust God honoring uh, as as we've as we've walked through this event now for these the next uh, for the last three years. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I was going to ask, and you kind of stole my thunder, but that's okay. Um, 
often happens. Uh, I was going to ask what kind of response you've done. This is the third time of doing yeah. it, right? One, two, three. Okay. So <clears throat> what kind of, and you already kind of answered this, what kind of response have you received? Um, positive and, well, you did the positive, but has there been any negative? I know we don't like to talk about well, negative things. <laughs> people, people, <laughs> but, have, uh, people have said, yeah, we think you can do this better. We, can, we think you can do that better. Sure. Uh, but sure. I think in terms of a, an overall criticism, I mean, I think that people who are coming are, are, are hearing what is beneficial to them. So even I think last year we had some more people who were of a different theological stripe. I don't know if that's the right way to describe them. but they're of, That's the word that went through my yeah. head. So we had some Strike. folks of, of, of the different convictions who were there, and uh, I, I didn't get a chance to catch up with them after to ask them what they thought. Uh, but in my, in my own mind, anyways, I think it's the, the, more, the most significant part of it uh, in terms of human relationship is to be able to encourage some of the folks who, who might feel isolated, who might feel discouraged, and, and, to, sure. and, to, and to remind and to remind everybody who's there of, of the of the conservative convictions that that many of the commissioners will hold, and I think I think people people hear that they, they like that that it's it's uh, it's encouraging for them, and and that's that's at least a large part of why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> okay, I should never cough on the air, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, and it made me lose my train of thought, which is really awful. Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Um, so what I really like what you said about the positive element is that, you know, with our social, with our heavily, we're, we're heavily inundated with social media, Facebook, Twitter, this kind of stuff and blogs and whatnot. And being able to put a face to an opinion or an idea that just makes it more human. Yeah. <laughs> If that's the right way to put it. Well, I mean, I just think there's a there's a disproportionate amount of boldness that comes along with posting something on Facebook or on a blog, and I think sometimes it's done because we forget that the person that we're writing about is human. I mean, maybe that's overstating it, and I, I I'm not saying that everybody that operates that way, but I I just think person to person contact is a is a much friendlier way of interacting around an issue than. And, uh, firing off uh, responses on Facebook. Yeah, and I think uh, you know there's there's a maybe an underlying principle too. We don't do general assembly by Skype or by Facebook or video conference necessarily. Um, I, I can envision that happening someday. I hope not. Um, but it it's done by men sitting in the same room, and you can see them at least maybe on a screen if you're in the same room because it's so large. But again. Um, there's still face-to-face -face interaction yeah. as opposed to sitting behind a keyboard and you, you, you become a little more emboldened to say what you might not necessarily say if they're sitting right in front of you. So it does humanize, as it were, the the issue. Um, all right, so this year it's uh, GA's in... Mobile. Mobile, Mobile Alabama, yeah. right. And, and, and as is your custom, you're going to be doing this on the night proceed, previous to the first... Session. Right. So, so, this week. so uh, the evening of prayer is being held on on the Monday night. It's uh, June twentieth, and we got. Uh, I might as well give you the the location now too. I guess, huh? You yeah. might as well. <laughs> so we're we're doing it from seven to nine p.m. 
yep. uh, and uh, it's right in the Mobile Convention Center, the East Ballroom. And so we have that room reserved, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing everybody come out for it. All right. Well, that's those are the, the specific specifics. Let's, let's deal with really the, the really nitty-gritty stuff. Okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm used to talking to a two or three of you that maybe are contributing or I don't remember. Actually, I think, well, it doesn't matter. So this year it's a little different for me doing the discussion. But um, as is your custom, you have uh, various people speaking at it, and they speak on various topics that are – germane to the assembly at least as we look at the overtures and we look at the issues that are currently facing the pca is that right yeah yeah and we try to do it specifically as it relates to the uh, confession of faith uh because to that in a sense when you're being conservative about the confessions that's what you're trying to protect right the integrity of the confessions and yep. and so we're uh we're intentional about trying to approach um the different the different overtures that are most relevant and that have most uh, impact on on the confessions. And so this year, I think this individual has spoken has has been a speaker at the other two as well. So Rick Rick Phillips is speaking yeah. this year. Yeah. And you said David Gar I think David Gardner is the other That's gentleman. Right. Tell us a little bit about both of them. Well, uh, Rick Phillips, uh, I mean, if you've been to the evening of Confessional Concern and Prayer, you, you can be in many other different places also and, and have heard or, or, or seen Rick. He's the pastor at Second Pres in Greenville. He does uh, uh, extensive speaking at different places. And he's going to be talking about uh, complementarianism in the church. Now, he's uh, talked about this issue uh, frequently and in many different places, but the reason we brought this one uh, up at this particular time is because is because of the overall structure that we're seeing or that a pattern that we're noticing in in the overtures so when you think about all the overtures that are before the general assembly i just checked before uh, i got on on the on the line with you and we have 63 overtures now right so 63 overtures sounds like an overwhelming number of issues to deal with the reality of it is that we probably have 25 overtures. There's so right. much duplication in, in the in the area of uh, the, the different kinds of overtures that deal with mm. You have a you have a couple of a handful, two handfuls of uh, overtures that deal with Book of Church Order amendments. You have some SJC manual amendments. You have uh, three overtures that deal with the civil magistrate and different cultural issues. You have four overtures that deal with presbytery creation or amendment, and then you have three overtures that are memorials for uh, brothers who have, have deceased in, in the past year. And so you're looking at 63 overtures, and you're going, I don't know, how are we going to make sense? How are you going to find a pattern in it? And what, what, when you boil it down, uh, the question that, uh, that I think is important to ask about this General Assembly, and, and I'm not... I'm not offering a, a judgment on it or not, uh, but whether, whether or not, the question f for me becomes, is how, to what extent is the culture influencing the decision-making of the court? Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of became the theme that ended up jumping out to us a, lo a little bit anyways. And 
it's not saying anything about anybody's motivation for submitting uh, different overtures or anything like that. But what it is saying is the question that we want to be asking is, is, is the church continuing on course? Now, how does Rick's how does Rick's right. talk, uh, Rick Phillips? How does his play into right. that? So, so Rick Phillips' talk uh, on complementarianism uh, has a, a tangential connection to that, and so when Rick Phillips first decided to talk about it, it's because there's continuing noise uh, in in our denomination. I don't know how widespread it is, but you hear noise about. Uh, the whole issue of uh, women in the offices in the church. And that really deals with uh, a book of church order, uh, uh, chapters 8 and 9, deal with those those particular issues. And certainly we've seen people in the past push for change on that issue in terms of uh, who is qualified to serve in offices. Is it open to men only or men and women? Can you have women deacons or can you commission women uh, to help the deacons in, in those kinds of issues? So... Certainly, that, that have, has been explicitly addressed, but there's there are also more subtle ways that these the same item, the same issue can can crop up. And so, in terms of the uh, this year's general assembly, we do see it rising up again in the recommendations that come to the general assembly from the administrative committee. The administrative committee is not the one that is initially recommending these these issues, but the cooperative ministries committee. So now, now you're getting really into the, uh, the uh, church court lingo and, and details. Yep. But cooperative ministries committee is is a committee of a number of past moderators and all the heads of the permanent committees, and and they they have this other committee called the cooperative ministries committee. Well, they're recommending to the assembly to form a study committee made up of men and women to consider. Uh, various things, and they all have to do with the role of officers uh, in the church. So, and and so they they're they're charged to look at the or the recommendation is that the study committee be formed to look at the biblical basis and theology, history, nature, and authority of ordination, biblical nature of the function of the office office of deacon, clarification on the ordination or commissioning of deacons and deaconesses. And then to propose appropriate changes to the BCO for the General Assembly, if if that if that is relevant. Now, just just as an aside, and this is completely your opinion, of course, because um, I share one as well. I'm just curious to see if your opinion and if our opinions agree. How do you feel about study committees? Well, I mean, a study committee, you know, it it can be helpful, but it's it's not really. I mean, it's, it's it forms a, an advisory voice, so to speak. So, yeah. so I mean, I think, yeah, can a study committee help? Sure, uh, I think it can. I'm not, yeah. So, but I I just don't. Usually, you don't have a study committee for established guidelines if if there's not some kind of change being right. envisioned. And, yeah, that's kind of behind the curtain stuff, right? It's like, okay, if we're going to eh, women officers and role of ministerial function for women in the church, it's kind of been established since the beginning. And so we're obviously not happy with certain status quo or something in there. We're, we're questioning whether right. or not it's adequate. Right. So, uh, you know, so, okay, now trying to get back to... to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
took us off track a little. I get to do that. I'm the host. I took us down the rabbit trail. I take full responsibility. Yeah, it's okay. So how does how does this tie into this whole idea of of whether or not the culture is wagging uh, is the tail wagging the dog, right? Right. So. Yeah, that's the million dollar question, and I think with any thought, you know, you could almost probably the average listener, I think, could probably go, "Well, I see where this is going." But you're going to tell us for sure where it's. Well, I'm going to tell you my opinion about it. Yes, please do. So, so I think the question that is a significant question is uh, when you're dealing with some of these issues of uh, authority and ordination, the function of the office and deacon and deaconesses. In my own mind, anyways, you're really starting to deal with the issue of the clarity of Scripture. Uh, I think I think some of these issues are not not complicated in Scripture, and for us to uh, be continually trying to re-examine them, it, it makes the, the the clarity of Scripture to address this issue uh, at least must become must must be established firmly and that i think that's what rick is trying to do in his talk on complementarianism it's not women's issues in the culture okay so we know where that is right like culturally yep. uh, and 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 unfortunately in, in in much of the church church catholic you know church universal in in the united states that that issue of women's roles in the church is is not one that's that's being asked anymore and i think in, to some extent, the culture's view has simply been adopted. But if we're going to hold firm to the confession, which deals with Scripture as authoritative, deals with Scripture as clear or perspicuous, as, as we want to call it when we want to impress people, um, when, when we're talking about the impact that, that this issue can have on Scripture, it's, sure. I think it's pretty significant, right? You can, you know, if... if uh, a church allows an unbiblical approach, unbiblical approach. Now, I'm not saying it's not reasoned, it's not packaged real nice, but if it's if it's fundamentally an unbiblical approach to the roles of men and women... Yeah, if the conclusion is right, wrong. What does that do for the, for the average person's understanding of the Scripture's ability to speak clearly to this issue? Yeah. Let, let's define a term, because though I'm most of the listeners of this podcast are very educated people and um, unlike the host of the program but um, what does it mean to be what what is complementarianism <clears throat> so complementarianism would uh, no googling you have to just do it <laughs> off on the, the top of the head yeah, like, so when you're talking about complementarianism you're talking about God making male and female making them uh, equal in his sight so there's not a ranking of value but there is a difference in function so yep. well uh, and said. and and so the man has a function, uh, and the 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 woman has a function, and, and they complement each other in this work. The, the Lord has set us as people uh, on the on the planet to serve Him, to glorify Him. That's our chief chief end is to uh, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Well, uh, God made us male and female to do that, and each has a specific function, a specific role. In which they're asked to carry that out. Yeah, and I think this is a very important subject, just in general, practically speaking, for the average person. I mean, forget the people that are going to go to GA, um, but I mean, in just in being able to address some of the accusations that are level level against Christianity in general, but more specifically at conservative Presbyterianism, 
is the idea that you know we think men are better than women and which is nonsense it's not that at all but being able to intelligently answer that question and say no this is this is not what we mean what we actually mean is what you just said and be able to speak to that intelligently to the naysayer out there who's going to say well you know the bible is a dated book because it places men uh as more superior than women and and blah 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 so anyway it's not a it's not a fringe issue is the is the, is my point and it's extremely practical and i think when we just watch the news and you see what's going on in the yeah. world on this subject and and has the church are they as your 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 statement uh, you know the 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 tails wagging the dog are we reacting to the world's confusion yeah. <laughs> on this subject um or are we actually dealing with legitimate issues and See, that's where I get really muddy in my thought process. It's, it's it just how legitimate is this for the church to be worried about? I mean, established dogma has been established. And well, anyway, so Rick's going to deal with that. And I've heard him actually talk on this subject before, actually individually with me and um, in, in, a, in broader context as well. So it ought to be very um, – well, if, if anything, it won't be boring. No, no, it, it is never boring. When Rick, Not with Rick. <laughs> lots of energy and, and enthusiasm, and, and he always does a good job uh, talking about it. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing him talk about it. Now, how does that relate to any of the overtures? I mean, we might have I, talked around that I a little say bit. This but... one doesn't necessarily relate directly to an overture that's before the, the uh, General Assembly, but it does relate to the recommendation that's, that the Administrative right. Committee is making. You said yeah. that. I'm glad I'm not interviewing Dr. Piper because he would have said, William, I, I said that. <laughs> See? And anyway, uh, you did say that. Tangentially, it does relate to that study committee recommendation. Now, David Garner is the other individual. This year, you only have two speaking, yeah, that's right? That's right. Okay. So David Garner is going to be – David Garner, G-A-R-N-E-R, right. I believe. Um, he'll be speaking on – He's talking about the spirituality of the church. So uh, David Garner, uh, he's uh, of uh, – Insider Movement Report fame. I think he did a fantastic job presenting that to the assembly. He is an associate professor of systematic theology at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. And so he's going to talk about the spirituality of the church. And, and so this discussion really flows from uh, different chapters in the Confession of Faith. You're thinking about chapter 23 of the Civil Magistrate, chapter 25 of the Church, chapter 31 of, of Synods and Councils. And uh, really what we're trying to do is examine and set before ourselves again the whole idea of the mission of the church. And the reason we need to be reminded of this is because as humans, it's very easy for us to get involved in, in uh, I don't think this is a term original to me, but this whole idea of mission creep, right? This whole idea where <laughs> what, what should be the main thing now is no longer the main thing. And right. I, that usually happens uh, when the church starts uh, meddling in affairs that the Lord has not set before her to take care of. And so, uh, you know, there are two ministers that God sets in place in the world. The one minister is the ministry of the church, and one the other ministry is the ministry of the civil magistrate. And they're very distinct. They, uh, they serve the same God, whether they acknowledge it or not. They serve the same God. Um, or they should serve the same same God, but there is a, a difference in what they're responsible for. Sure. So you sure. have the, the civil realm responsible for physical protection versus the church responsible for spiritual uh, protection. You have the, 
the civil magistrate magistrate bearing the sword for the punishment of the evildoer. You have the, the ecclesiastical courts uh, using the keys of the kingdom and to encourage people towards uh, towards towards right living. So, uh, you know what? And so this kind of ties into, in my own mind, anyways, a lot of the overtures of the, on on racial reconciliation. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not questioning the motives of the people who are submitting the overtures on that issue at all. Uh, and I, I hope I'm not implying that, but it just seems to me that if you have, uh, you know, 63 overtures before the court, and 43 of them deal with the issue of racial reconciliation, you know. I wonder if we're if we're focusing on the main thing. If if we're uh, we just in my own mind, you know, there's lots of energy and time being being spent on on these overtures, and and it could be that they're important to to consider. I don't really want to talk about that issue uh, today, but are we focusing on what we should be focusing on as a denomination? Yeah, I think that's the umbrella that you're trying to f- put forward. Yeah. It's not so much the racial rec- reconciliation issue per se, right. but that's the that's the item that has <laughs> prompted the bigger picture discussion, right. which is what is the church? What are we supposed to be right. doing? Yeah. Is this it, or is it? Have we done <laughs> missional creep, as you called right. it? Got to tell you, I've never heard that expression before. It must be a Canadian thing. See, there it is. I knew I'd get it in eventually. <laughs> kind of an inside joke for those who weren't listening off air, which you weren't. <laughs> um, I asked Pastor Gleason if he was from Canada. So <laughs> I used to live in Canada, for those who don't know, and I can pick up on, usually I can pick up on it, um, even, even if it's subtle. So I told him I would probably not. I'll try not to go there, but I did anyway. Um, so just like a Yankee, you know, there I picked on myself a little. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, it's an important subject. I, I you know, I've learned, uh, Ryan McGraw, uh, Dr. Ryan McGraw, um, has beat into our heads in my fourth year of seminary that, you know, our job is ministerial and declarative. You know, we don't make rules. We don't legislate. You know, we have a function. We have a purpose. Christ has told us what to do, and we're supposed to be doing that. Right. And so the question is, is this what we're supposed to be doing? And so how does David Garner's talk deal with that? I mean, I, he's going to have to touch on the subject, I think, at some level. Yeah, well, I mean, he, ha- he has 30 minutes, so we've given... We've given, <laughs> we've given uh, just enough time to get in right, trouble. I'm just kidding. Right. He's given uh, David Gardner a, a tough, tough job. So he's not going to be able to, of course, deal with this topic in all the, the depth that, that it probably deserves. Um, but we, so we're not trying to give a, an expansive treatment of the subject, but sure, we do want to sure. ask uh, some questions as to how the church can best carry out that task, as you were saying. And so, what can happen, especially when we're dealing with uh, this issue of um, uh, racial reconciliation and some of these overtures that are that are before uh, the church courts, uh, our first instinct can be, and sometimes it properly so, to think of uh, this issue coming before church court for the church court uh, to deal uh, with that specific issue. Uh, but it's also important for us to remember that there is a declarative ministerial function that the church already must be doing if we're hoping to have any hope uh, for success in, in implementing some of these uh, suggestions that are me- being made in, in some of these, these overtures that, that are before us. So, you know, what's the, how, does the, how does the church perform her task? Certainly part of the ministry of the church 
is through the church court proceedings, but, but it's not the whole picture. And so the starting point that we're trying to get back to, and I think that, uh, that David Gardner will be s- stressing for us, is uh, the preaching of the word, uh, the declarative function of the, uh, of the Church of Christ. And so, so that's how it ties back to uh, the, the, the overtures before the, uh, the assembly, uh, whereas I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that people who are submitting the overtures on racial reconciliation don't hold to a high view of the declarative ministry of the church. It's not what's being said. But simply it's important for us to remember that function uh, in the middle of, of, uh, of dealing with all these issues, that as a church we have a responsibility uh, to declare all, the, all of the counsel of God uh, so that our people would be equipped and, uh, and prepared to serve, to serve him as, as their Lord and King. Yeah, I was reminded, um, and it was a reminder, uh, this is the podcast of Greenville Seminary, so I, this, I always look for some way, it's not that I have to try very hard, that sounded wrong, <laughs> but I look for some way to highlight something the seminary does, and um, you know, this isn't Bill's podcast, this is the seminary's podcast, and I have to remind myself that often when I get a little sarcastic in my remarks, but um, one of the things I've, I appreciate about the four years that I spent at Greenville Seminary was the centrality of the preached word, and, um, and the emphasis that it, it was, was th- through and through all of our classes, and I was again reminded um, when Dr. Piper preached my ordination service this past Saturday, um, he finished the sermon from um, and 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 looked right at me and said, "You know, Bill, this is these are all reminders to you. You've heard all this before, mm-hmm. and it's really true. And I think you know, if we lose sight of that, and I'm not in and, and Pastor Gleason isn't suggesting this, nor am I suggesting that those men, presbyteries who've submitted these overtures, have lost sight of this. We're not suggesting that at all." We're simply we're just kind of doing you know that's the check. Uh, have you lost sight of it? Don't lose sight of right. this. Keep them in tension. But um, you know if it's the centrality of the preached word, it this is it. This is this is it. And um, and I was just reminded that again Saturday. And as I climbed into the pulpit for the first time as an ordained minister, um, do you remember what that was like, Jeff? Um, anyway, um, you know I. I was reminded again of what I've been doing for a year for the same church, but now, again, you know, the, this precious responsibility that's been passed to sinful men to do this, and it's so vitally important. And if we lose sight of this, we we'll forget it. We could turn into a social club of moralism that has no value long term. And um, anyway, um, I editorialized well, a little bit, but uh, but I th- you think even of uh, the, the confessions in chapter twenty-five you know, dealing with the church. It says in the third paragraph there, it says, Unto this Catholic visible church, Christ hath given the ministry, oracles, and ordinance of God for the gathering and perfecting of the saints in this life to the end of the world. And doth by his own presence and spirit, according to his promise, make them effectual thereunto. So, you know, what happens if we neglect the declarative ministry of the church? What happens if we're not setting before the people of God what's necessary for them to be perfected uh, and uh, what's necessary for them to know what, what it means to glorify uh, the Lord God all the days of their lives. So this when you have sin uh, begin allowed, to be allowed to, to prosper. Right? So uh, like you said, I mean, it's, not, uh, it's not saying anything about anybody, uh, but simply saying we need to remember this. 
as confessional, conservative um, uh, elders in the Presbyterian Church of America, we need to remember that in the spirituality of the church, their primary responsibility is to declare uh, the Word of God. And that we don't, don't, don't allow anything that's not the main thing to become the main thing. Yeah, when I was a kid growing up, we used to call it majoring in the minors. Right. Maybe you guys call it something else, but that's what I used to call it. I still do, I guess. Um, coming out of the business business world, I used to say that often, that you know, guys in corporate offices would major in the minors, and it's like lose sight of the big picture <laughs> completely. Um, but And it's very, well, we, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a temptation that we're, we're going to face in every generation, and um, just have to be careful. And this is what I think we're being reminded of. Again, I, I think the motive here is not, oh, you bad presters for submitting this. That's not the issue. It's just let's be reminded of what we're here to do. If, if there's something we need to deal with within that, fine. But let's not get sidetracked. And um, so that will be David Gardner. He's, he's got 30 minutes to completely educate all of you at this evening of confessional concern and prayer on the spirituality of the church. He's probably not going to be able to do that. But he's going to at least remind us of what our main thing ought to yeah, be. Yeah, and as I was talking with David about, about this, you know, you acknowledge right off the top, you know, we're not giving you enough time to give a comprehensive answer but enough to help us to start think about these things and that's another thing at the, at the evening of confessional concern and prayer it's not uh it's not a spoon feeding session right we're all uh, grown men representing our congregations at the church court of the lord jesus christ and, and we need to do our own homework we need to do our own thinking we need to do our own study on these issues but hopefully these two talks will will help us prime the pump a little bit in these areas and is and say Okay, these, this is what we need to be careful about. Uh, this is what's coming down the pipe. This is an area of concern. Um, you know, and, and, and then to come together and, and spend an hour praying about these very things. Yeah. Um, and, and really, that prayer is an acknowledgement that, you know, you can have 10,000 evenings of confessional concern and prayer meeting simultaneously. And unless the Lord is the one who is doing any work in it, it's, it's all in vain. So it's yep. a recognition of our complete dependence on the Lord for the preservation of His own church, and and we're 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 delighted to be able to organize it, and we're delighted to be able to be participants in it as well. So, a couple logistics on the actual uh, meeting. Yeah. Um, obviously, ruling elders, teaching elders, um, uh, are able to yeah. come. Um, it, it's how much does it cost? It is I already know the answer to that question, of course. But. There's no cost, and it's open not only to elders, but if uh, other folks are at the General Assembly. He stole my thunder again. See, I was setting you up for that next question, and then he just took it. <laughs> that was my next question. What if you know, my wife was with yeah. me at General Assembly? Can she sit in? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and I think that and and the reason I it seems pretty minor, uh, but I underscore that for a reason. Um, if this is not just a secret club of a bunch of stodgy officers in the church getting together and having these discussions, okay? This is to help educate everybody in the church, not just the elders and the uh, the teaching and ruling elders that'll be there. Though it's that's the main function. Um, so and what um, we've done in the past is we've recorded we've recorded the event and then we try to host yeah. it fairly soon so that even folks who weren't able to be at the assembly can listen in. Um, you know, I think it, 
I think it helps to to stay in touch with what's going on in the denomination, and so we try yep. to help out that way. Okay, so just so everybody understands, it's free. It's free. It meets Monday night, seven o'clock in the. Uh, I I wrote it down on somewhere on a piece of paper that's strewn all over my desk. East um, ballroom. East ballroom. I should remember that the Eastern Gate, the Eastern Ballroom. Okay, never mind. Um, BT classes still echoing in my head from seminary, um, which is a good thing. Um, but seven o'clock. East Ballroom, Monday evening, June June twentieth, right? Um, and it's open to everyone. Obviously, teaching and ruling elders—that's the main focus and, and and target group, as it were. Um, and it's not just for conservatives either. <laughs> By the way, if you disagree uh, with anything we've just said on the forty-five minutes, which well, you probably do um, disagree. <laughs> I've said a lot of things you could disagree with. Um, but even if you do, um, I think the, 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 the group, the men that, that put this together have been doing it now for three years faithfully, would welcome you there and offer constructive criticism as needed. And um, But the main issue is not just the two talks. It's the hour time of prayer as brothers in Christ seeking God's wisdom and, and, and Christ's guidance through his spirit. He is the head of the church, not us. And we are just... Uh, we are just was unprofitable yeah. servants. I, I can't think of another way to, exp to define what we do. We're unprofitable servants. <laughs> and um, But the Lord is pleased to use us. Who is sufficient for these things? The Apostle Paul asked that question. If he can ask it, so can we. And so I think, um, I mean, that's really the goal here. And in awareness, understanding, and, and kind of, in a sense, sets the attitude before Tuesday. Yeah. When it, when it really begins. And that, that, I think, you know, going back to that again, I think that has been always the main comment that we get back to the guys who have just um, recognized that this is an important part of their preparation for the General Assembly to get together and pray. Uh, you know, something that probably isn't done enough in, in our churches as we, we go through these uh, important decisions that we have to consider. So, well, Jeff, I, I mentioned you, it's just probably going to take a half an hour. It's taken 45, so I, I was wrong again. It, it'll happen again. I'll be wrong again at least one more time in my life. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a joke. No one ever laughs at my joke. Anyway. On the um, inside, yeah, I get you. Um, but, no, this is good, and I think it's important. And, and why don't you tell the listeners quickly, because I'm going to, I mentioned you before, I'm going to punch this out relatively quickly. So tomorrow, <laughs> actually. Um, so, uh, how can they get more information? What if they got questions? You know, I just, I'm not sure. They didn't address it on the air. I had questions. I don't know how to get answers. Where can they go? Well, I, I mean, we have a Facebook page. That's the extent of our exposure. Uh, we're, we're, we, we keep it on a, a, <laughs> a string budget, I guess. But uh, we have a Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and, and, and search Evening of Confessional Concern and Prayer, you'll find the details uh, for the event listed there. And uh, any announcements that we make, you'll find them listed there. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or anything that you want to talk to, to me about, you're welcome to, to, to find the Cliffwood Presbyterian Church webpage and, and, and give me a call. Um, that'd be fine. But uh, I think it's pretty straightforward, and uh, most of it will be on the, on the Facebook page and, uh, and, uh, and, and by listening to the podcast today, of course, then that, that goes a long way, too, in terms of giving sure. the information. Now, are you on the official GA web app? 
I, didn't I don't look. know. We that's a good question. I'm not sure. We we booked it through the uh, the administrative committee, so I don't know. We should be. I have to check now that now that I asked the question, I'm going to answer my own question because I'm curious. Because the other the other day I was looking at the events and I didn't see it, but I wasn't honestly looking extremely aggressively either. I was just scrolling through. Yeah. Well, um, you, let me oh. know because then I want to I want to email somebody at uh, the administrative committee. It's not on okay. there. It, it's every, all the events start Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, and go through Friday, Thursday. Okay. So it's not on the events part of the all app. Right. I'll have to look into that. Uh, yeah, it should be on there. That would be helpful, obviously. Well, listen to the podcast. They've people have already done that right. part. They probably wonder. I just wasted an hour of my life. I want it back. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not on the ga app right now but hopefully lord willing by then it will be and um with all the specifics like if you can't remember east ballroom it's possible you'll forget that i did in 30 minutes um it'll hopefully be on the app i just point that out because a maybe you don't even know the ga has an app now you do uh b uh, if you can't remember all this because you're driving down the road and can't write it down uh if you have the GA app, you can find the information there. Hopefully, Lord willing, in the next few days, right. as the as 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 Jeff gets gets contacts whoever he needs to contact. But yeah, it's an important thing, and and don't allow my mild silliness to distract from it. Um, I've promoted it for this is the third year of the well the seminary podcast has promoted it but i've been happy to do it because i think it's that important and i think the main issue for me has always been the attraction i haven't been able to attend i know it sounds really backwards i haven't been able to be at ga to attend so uh don't get me started on that subject but this year i'm going to be there lord willing and i'm looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to primarily not necessarily because of the talks those are important and necessary but i'm looking forward to, to the fact that there's going to be an hour of prayer with other brothers who um May or may not agree with every little thing I think, but we're going to be praying. And um, really, um, Acts 6 comes to mind really quick. Uh, We need to give ourselves to prayer in the ministry of the word. Prayers first. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's really important for us to be doing this. And so if you're able to be there, uh, by all means, come. There's not I don't think there's refreshments. So don't let that attract you. Uh, It doesn't cost you anything that should attract you automatically. And um, but really, we're going to be praying together. How much better way to start three week three weeks? <laughs> oh boy, am I glad it's not three weeks. <laughs> three days of um, of deliberation, sometimes difficult deliberations, but three three days of of doing the work of the church, and that's what we're there to do. So, Jeff, any final remarks? Bail me out because I, I've no, I think I've you're doing a great job. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I, I I really again the the purpose is a desire to serve the church as a whole. Uh, the desire is to bring glory to Christ for his work and to serve him as best we can. And uh, hopefully this uh, this evening will be a small small part of that and will be an encouragement to the brothers. And uh, like I said, if, if you can make it, we'd love to be able to to pray with you and to, to interact with you some. So. Yeah, great. You know, I, the question I should have asked you a long time ago, well, in the last 45 minutes anyway, how many people have 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 you had historically over the last two two yeah, times? I mean, I think it's hard. Uh, we don't really do a, an accurate count, but it looks to me it looks like anywhere from 100 and, 130 to one hundred and fifty people. That's great. Yeah. 
and that, that is yes, really fantastic. encouraging. Uh, we we do we do a little bit of singing. Uh, we sing two songs, one at the beginning, one at the end, and we sing it without accompaniment, of, of course, because we, you know we do, we can't even get a website, let alone a, a piano or something into the. But it, uh, it's sure. a wonderful time of uh, just hearing uh, men praise the Lord with their voices. It's, yep. it's wonderful. I love it every year. Yep. I love it. So. Yep. So okay. So everybody knows now where to go. East Ballroom, seven o'clock, June twentieth. Uh, put it on your calendar. Look at the app eventually, um, if you can't remember. But try to make this a make this a part of the week. Um, too many guys, sad sad to say, turn this into a vacation. It's not a vacation. I hate to say it. That's me. That's Bill. Just Bill. Don't blame everybody else. It's not a vacation. You want to combine it with a vacation? Fine. But have responsibilities. Let's take it seriously. Um, we are officers in the church, and we should be acting like it, really. So um, it would be really a great way to start um, the four days, three and a half days, whatever it ends up being. So um, but put it on your calendar and, and make every effort to be there. Jeff, you get the final well, word, just, uh, please. I just want to thank you for, for giving us a chance to talk about it. and I appreciate uh, the work that Greenville is doing and, and, and your work in, in helping us get the word out on this. Uh, so thank you. That's all. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Glad to do it, even though it took me a couple of different cancellations along the way. <laughs> along the way, uh, different phase of life. Right. It's strange. I'm still trying to get used to it, but uh, anyway. But I appreciate you being on to talk about it, and um, and for heading it up, and for lining up the speakers. And I know it's a joint effort and team and all that business, but really you're kind of the spearhead of the whole, you know, the tip of the spear, so to speak. So, um, so thank you for doing that. And I look forward to being there and. Um, meeting other men as well at this um, uh, Monday night, June 20th, 7 o'clock, East Ballroom. Got it. I only heard it like 10 times. So. All right, brother. Let me uh, quick, before Jeff jumps off the phone, let me just tell everybody what's going on on the, on the podcast. I have no idea, so it's really easy. Confessingourhope.com. I know I should know because I'm the host, but I don't know because I haven't really had my head into it the last week and a half or so. Um so go to the website, confessingourhope.com. My assistant is is still working on lining up guests over the summer. We have the faith and practice with Dr. Piper. That's every month. That's not going to change, Lord willing. Um, so if you want to know more information about that particular uh, segment of the podcast, you can go to the website and read all about it and maybe get a few bucks to buy books at Banner, um, whatever. Um, but go to the website, confessingourhope.com. So until next time, whenever that is, um, we do thank you for listening to this particular edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.